0: Uh, Please uh, turn with me in your Bibles to uh, the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 12, we will read the first 34 verses. You will notice a similarity with this morning's message. Luke chapter 12 starting at verse at verse 1 In the meantime when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another he began to say to his disciples first beware of the leaven of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known therefore whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops i tell you my friends do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do but i will warn but i will warn you whom to fear Fear him, who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men... Do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. also. The sermon that I'm privileged to read this afternoon was prepared by uh, the Reverend Jason Toonstra from the Bethel United Reformed Church. The sermon is based on Lord's Day uh, 9, question and answer 26, which I'll I'll read. You can find that on page, page 21. So question 26, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, that the eternal Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father because of Christ his Son. I trust him so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul, and he will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends me in this sad world. He is able to do this because he is almighty God. He desires to do this because he is a faithful father. Our text today is uh, Luke 12, um, verses 1 to 34. You may find it handy to um, have your Bibles open because I'll be referring to um, quite a few of the verses during the sermon. Congregation Whom the Lord Jesus Loves. uh, This afternoon we have a sermon based on the Heidelberg Catechism and, and we come to the first article of the Apostles' Creed. And some of you will know that there are there are 12 articles uh, in the Apostles' Creed. That's how it came to, to get the name, the Apostles' Creed. One article for each apostle. It was not written by the apostles. It rather summarises in these 12 articles apostolic doctrine and teaching. And so this afternoon we're going to look at the first of these 12 articles. I believe... In God the Father Almighty, a maker of heaven and earth. And, and it would be easy to look at this statement as a simplistic teaching tool. I believe in God, He is Father, He has all might, and with that might He created the heavens and the earth. There you go, easy. And when we say this, two things happen. We are both identified and distinguished. What do we mean by that? We are identified as being a professing member of the church of God. And we are distinguished as being separate from the world. Simple. What more is there to say? I could say Amen, leave it there, and then we could move on to the next article. First one down, 11 to go. But as we come to the Catechism this afternoon, we're going to try and open this Creed up. You, you could almost compare it like a piece of fruit. We can casually look at it like, like we look at an orange. You can see that it's, it's shiny and bright it looks nice, it's soft but you can also open it up enjoy the sweetness of it and take in the real fragrance of it it's one thing to to see it, describe it it's something totally different to to enjoy it digest it and consume it and that's the value of this Lord's Day question 9 what do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, and maker of heaven and earth? In, in one sense, the answer is as plain as the nose on your face. What do you mean, what do I mean? I've just said it. Don't you understand English? I'll say it slower. I believe in God, I believe he is my father, I believe he is my maker. That's not hard. What do you mean, what do I mean? It's a simple enough answer. But the questioner here doesn't just want a description of an orange, as it were. The questioner is asking, can you open this up? How does this minister to you? What's the point and the benefit of this For your life. How can a statement, how can three sentences, two paragraphs make any difference for how you live? And that's the question before us this afternoon. What difference does a statement make for us? We've been saying, I believe in God the Father, since we were able to speak. We probably had it memorized since we were six. We stand most Sundays and we confess this together, both young and old. Yes, we are good at it. But the question before us is big deal. We've had it memorized since we were six, but what difference does it make for the next six days of my life in light of what I have just said? Do I even want to answer that question? we say this creed, we say it reverently, do we even know what we're saying? Yes. Most Sunday afternoons, before we get back at it in the world, we begin our week by saying, I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Does that make any difference to your life? Does it affect you in the least bit? Does it calm you down in any way? Does it give you peace? I ask that question of my own heart as well. And if you're like me, you've probably got a whole heap of worries, concerns, anxieties. And I too, I begin my week by saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And then Monday morning, I get up and go from there and I get consumed by the worries of the week. Does that sound familiar? Do you see what's happening here? Our daily worries are not consistent with our weekly profession. Let me say that again. Our daily worries are not consistent with our weekly profession. And as we come to Luke 12 we see the impact of what it means to profess God as our Father before men. Look at verse 8. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. It brings us to a place of peace. Profession brings us to peace. Peace comes from the one whom we profess. And that's what we want to end our day by looking at. By looking at the power of this profession that we make in the one whom we profess. And we want to see that this profession of peace is made by attempted people, a a taught people. Those are our two points, made by attempted people, and made by a taught people. What do I mean by a tempted people? Well, as we come to Luke 12, count the times that Christ either says, fear not, or do not be anxious. And just to draw that out for you, there are four four verses where he says this. Uh, Verse 7, fear not. Verse 11, do not be anxious. In other translations, do not worry. Verse 22, do not be anxious. And verse 32, fear not. There we have it. Jesus is speaking to a people that are tempted to fear the wrong things. He is speaking to a people who get anxious over the wrong things. A temptation to not believe and not trust in God. And that's why we should be so grateful for our confession. I believe in God the Father. He is almighty. He is the creator. Although if we are honest, it it can feel a bit odd to say it. Because we can almost feel hypocritical sometimes when we recite it. And we want to... Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which we find in verse 1 is hypocrisy. And and then we come to the second paragraph of Lord's Day 9, and it feels a little too bold for our sometimes, or oftentimes, timid lives. I trust them so much that I do not doubt. It feels a bit... I trust him so much that I do not doubt. He will provide whatever I need for body and soul. But when we come to this, and if you're honest, we do doubt. Our life is full of doubt. Our life is full of worry and anxiety. And yet, here we are. You, me, we, we recite this in unison with everyone else and it says so boldly, I do not doubt, but I do have doubts. I do have worries. We need to know that the boldness of our confession is rooted in the strength of God. The confidence of this confession is not Well, I trust him so much so that it's all about me. I'm so strong. I'm so faithful. I'm so spiritual. Righteous Rob. I don't doubt. I don't have any doubts. It's not about me or you. It's about a confident confession that is rooted in the might of God. In other words, the confession is saying look at how boldly we can live when our profession is God. That's the point. It's a profession that says, look at the peace that we have in the one whom we profess. At least, this is what it should be about as we profess this truth. Why isn't it? Temptation. And as Christ teaches here, What was the temptation? It was worry and fear. Why? Because their eyes were in the wrong place. Let's have a look at this. Verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. Christ confronts these these people tempted to doubt and worry. With the fear of man. What are you afraid of? The answer in light of verse four is men. Most of us have that fear of men. And maybe you are young, or you can recall when you are young, you can maybe recall a movie where there are violent and nasty men who do bad things and you get a little bit afraid. Yes, we, we fear men. And then as we get older, our fear of man, it, it shifts. We worry about what men can do to us in different ways, to our, to our reputations, to our wealth, to our success, how they can make us or break us, how they can keep us or, or cast us off. The fear of man is massive. It's, it's real. The fear of man is felt every day. And we can see the extent of this even here in New Zealand. The pressures of what other people think of us can be so crushing. Young people, are you afraid of what your friends might think? And what about us older people? The pressure of what others might think of us. Don't tell me you're not conscious of that. We are not immune. The fear of man is real. The fear of man leads us to do things that are not pleasing to God. Let's look at verse 11. Do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. That is fear of circumstances. That was Moses' favorite fear when he said, But Lord, what if I won't know what to say? And this is what often prevents us from being faithful believers living out loud in this world. But what will happen if if someone were to ask me a question about my faith? What would happen if someone was to challenge me? It's more than fear of circumstance though, isn't it? It's a fear of having something happen to us. If I confess Christ before men, what will happen to me? And the days are coming and are actually here where this country is descending further and further into its depravity and there is more and more opportunity for us to speak. What do we say? It's not hard to work yourself up into a fluster, isn't it? The fear of circumstance, the fear of retribution is alive and is here. Verse 22. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Our Saviour is not addressing some kind of childlike girly anxiety. Oh no, what am I going to wear tonight to the school social? Our temptation is this. Am I going to have a job in three years? When you're young, it's, it's easy to get another job. But what about when you're 55 and you lose your job 10 years away from retiring? What happens when you get made redundant because of an out-of-control out of pandemic? And what about retirement? Have you seen those ads on the TV? How much is enough for you to retire on? Will you have enough? Is it 1 million or 2 million? Or more? How am I going to be provided for if my mind goes, my strength goes? We let these fears occupy us. We we, we let them consume us. We become anxious and fear what might happen. All these circumstances around us, we let ourselves become tempted. And that's what Christ is talking about here temptations and the temptation leads to a certain kind of lifestyle we fear men so we avoid relationships and we become introverted we don't want to deal with the circumstances of dealing with people we fear circumstance so we never do anything too out there too edgy it's too risky it could result in too much retribution and we fear life Will I have enough of this and that? So we hoard and we become keepers instead of givers. But look at what Christ says. Verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. What? What did he say? Sell your possessions and and give to the needy? See what Christ does? He pulls the people from their comfort zone. He pulls them from their temptation by teaching them. Fear will always lead us away from God's purposes. But trust brings us to the peace and pleasures that only God can give. Jesus addresses these temptations And he does so in a way that we too should model when we deal with each other. He is pastoral in the temptation. Look at what he says in verse 32. Fear not, little flock. Little flock. Look at the intimate way in which he teaches them. Imagine for a moment you're you're 10 years old and... And uh, you have your parent come to you in the midst of a scary situation and they just hold you and they say, it's okay. Have you ever experienced something like that? Or maybe you're the one giving the comfort. It's okay. I have a hold of you. You're safe. That's Christ here. He brings us comfort. But he also shows us why it's okay. He knows we are tempted. And what does He do? He teaches us here. And so the profession that we make is not only made in the face of temptation. It's held on to as we are taught. We are a tempted people, but also we are a taught people. Look at verse 30. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. That's what Jesus is saying here. Don't worry. It will be okay. It's fine. Why? Article 1. I believe. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. It's really easy to say to someone, don't worry, it'll be okay. Have you ever been overseas? Maybe to Australia? Maybe you got stuck at the airport waiting to come home? The flights are delayed due to bad weather? You really want to get home? But every counter that you go to, the person would say the same thing. It's a phrase that Australians love to use. No worries. Looks like we might not be on this flight tonight. It's all right, mate. No worries. And your first thought was, easy for you to say, you're not on the other side of the Tasman, away from your family. But on second thoughts, that's what we should be saying. I am a Christian. No worries. What is the basis of our no worries? No worries. Christ doesn't say, I don't know, just don't worry. No, he he roots the no worries in this one word, Father. Verse 30. Your Father knows that you need these things. Verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The tempted people are taught a lesson. And what's the lesson on? It's Article 1 of the Apostles' Creed. Let's look at that in our text. Verse 7, he says, Fear not. Why not? He goes to the sparrow. Verse 6, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? In other words, Christ is saying they're cheap as chips. Or as Bruno said this morning, a dime a dozen. Two pence gets you five sparrows. A sparrow is no big deal. One dies and three take its place. But what does Christ say about that inexpensive sparrow that no one gives two hoots for? Not one of them is forgotten by God. Why not? Because God is the creator and sustainer of the sparrow. Article 1 of our profession of faith. I believe in God the Father, the maker of heaven and earth. What a comfort that is. Here that every four weeks we have chopped off our heads, he's numbered it because he made it. And as creator, he cares for us more than he does something that is two pence for five. And he cares for them too. But he cares more for us. God the Father as creator and sustainer isn't just a truth that we speak. It's not just the truth we say as we begin our week. No, he cares for me. And that is how we are to go into the week, with a foundation that undergirds those simple words spoken by an Aussie. No worries. So why aren't we living as though we have that foundation? Don't forget that. Don't forget that tomorrow and the next day and the next day, God cares for you. Verse 11, he says, Do not be anxious. Why not? Here's the lesson. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And what do we confess about the Holy Spirit? He proceeds from the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit will teach because the Holy Spirit will be sent. He will be given by the Father through the Son. Why don't I have to worry? Because God the Father is taking care of all of this. That's why. We begin our week by saying, I belong to the Father. That has to mean something. It means that I need to stand down my anxiety with the bold truth. I cannot doubt the one who has named me and loved me. And then verse 22, do not be anxious. Again, third time, why not? Verse 24, Jesus says, look at the creation of the Father. Consider the ravens. Interestingly, he points out an unclean animal. Consider the ravens, they're unclean. And God provided for the unclean animals by allowing them on the ark. And not only did he allow them on the ark, now Christ says, Look at them. They fly around from place to place. They are an unclean animal. And do they have a concern or a worry? Absolutely not. Yes, consider them. No worries. And you might respond, Oh, come on. It's a bird, just a dumb bird. Of course, they don't worry. Yeah, that's exactly the point. How much more are you than a dumb bird? A dumb bird that rebukes our anxious heart. And then he says, consider the lilies. In all of this, Christ is saying, look at the God of creation. Look at how he upholds them and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence. Oh, you are little face. The Father knows what you need. That's what Christ is saying here. Can you say that today? Because this is what you have done. You have just said it along with the church of all ages. And you confess it week after week. I believe in God the Father. Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That's the peace of our profession. The Father knows what I need, that there is a foundation on which I stand and from which I declare I have nothing to worry about. Believe it. If God did not spare his only begotten Son, will he not also freely give you What does it say? All things. The Father knows your needs. We do not want to doubt. We do not want to worry. We don't want to have little faith. What do we want? We want to begin our week in the simple and profound way. I believe that I belong to God who is my Father, who is the maker of the heavens and the earth. And because I believe this, I will not doubt that He will provide me whatever I need to live for Him in this world. I believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. That is our peace because that is our profession. Amen.